Well, uh, good morning and uh, welcome to High Life. Uh, thank you for joining us um, for our service uh, this morning. Um, we've been uh, doing an exciting series on the anatomy and operation of the new creation man. And uh, if you've missed the first session, uh, please check out our YouTube page, High Life World, uh, to catch up with where we're at. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. Uh, let's have a word of prayer before we get into the word. Uh, Father, we're just so thankful uh, for the riches um, of your glorious inheritance that you've made available to us in Christ. Thank you for the revelation truth of the Holy Spirit uh, that is causing uh, those that are considered to be the foolish and the, the, uh, the weak to enter into the glorious strength and wisdom um, that is the wisdom of God. Uh, Holy Spirit, we bow our hearts to you this morning. Uh, we thank you for um, the lavish outpouring of your revelation um, because everything that belongs to Christ belongs to us. Uh, and as you reveal to Christ, you reveal to us. So Lord, we stand in this place of receptivity, uh, in this place of enlightenment, and we thank you for your grace that makes all this possible. We give you thanks, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, um, uh, we started a series yesterday uh, following on from, um, from Perusia. Um, again, if you have not um, watched the Perusia videos, please check them out at our Perusia channel uh, within the High Life World um, YouTube uh, page. Uh, but last week we began talking about the, uh, the nature and operation of the new creation. Um, of the new creation. We've been exploring um, the wonders of the new creation. Um, I'm just going to take off from Ephesians 2.10, uh, which was one of the key verses we shared last week. Uh, I read, it says, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. As I said last week, a masterpiece is a work of art, uh, a creative work that cannot be improved upon. Um, we, we've got to bring our hearts into alignment with truth. Truth always, um, the Lord through his grace causes the truth of his word to be revealed to us. And as we have revelation of truth, we come into new experiences and, um, and we, we experience permanent transformation as he has ordained for us. It says we are God's masterpiece. Now say with me, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. As you say that, a thought will come up in your mind, challenging the truth of that word. Something you did, something you heard, something you know about yourself, a weakness that you have come to accept concerning yourself will come up. I can't be a masterpiece because of this, because of that. Um, but what we're doing is bringing our hearts into alignment with reality. Uh, and the reality is established by the truth of God's word. We're not trying to um, make ourselves feel better. We're just humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God and accepting what God says about us in Christ. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Never again um, entertain the thought that you are not enough, you don't have enough, um, because that's a lie of the devil. It says, you and I have been created anew in Christ so that we can do. Uh, the reason for our creation is so that we can fulfill God's plan for our lives. Okay, so we are God's masterpiece and he has created us 
anew in Christ so we can, so we can, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay, um, In Christ, you can do the good things that God planned for you long ago. We have been pre-wired to fulfill the, the dominion mandate. The mandate he gave to us in Adam, okay? Um, in uh, Genesis 1, if you read 26 to 28, that mandate, that dominion mandate, um, we can fulfill that dominion mandate. Um, and for, in order to be able to fulfill it, he created us anew in Christ Jesus. So say with me, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. And I have been created anew in Christ. So I can do, I can fulfill the dominion mandate. Now, remember, the dominion mandate goes beyond time. Okay, the, the, the dominion mandate goes beyond living a good human life. As we said last week, everything concerning what we term human nature or the human life or human civilization is no more than um, explorations into the life of the fallen man. That is not the dominion mandate. The dominion mandate enters into the space of, of, of transforming or terraforming this age uh, so that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. They go into the realm of uh, terraforming the cosmos and, cons and, 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 and you and I sitting in Eden, in that state and place of Eden, and administrating and overseeing and extending the light of God um, through creation. Um, so the dominion mandate goes beyond time. So you and I are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ so we can fulfill the dominion mandate which he planned beforehand that we should fulfill. You see, engagement with reality through revelation, engagement with reality through revelation will usher us into new experiences, okay? Um, there are things about you that you haven't experienced because revelation has not uncovered or unlocked um, the key to reality. And, and as we engage with these truths intentionally, um, embracing the full implications of the truth as revealed by the Holy Spirit, it would unlock new experiences. Let me share a verse of scripture with you. If you turn your Bible very quickly to um, Philemon uh, chapter 1 verse 6. Look at Philemon 1 6. Um, I read from the New Living Translation. It says, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. So the key to this verse is understanding. Understanding will lead to experiences of all the good things we have in Christ. And as a result of experiencing those good things, you will begin to engage by faith the glorious riches, the generosity that his grace has made available. Uh, and therefore, your life will enter into 
um, a dimension or the dimension of what God has ordained. So it is possible that the good things that we have in Christ can be left unexperienced. The experience of the good things that we have in Christ is not automatic. It is predicated on understanding. And that's why the, the Bible says here that you will understand and then experience the good things that are in Christ. So the, the implications of being the masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus and knew to fulfill everything that he has ordained beforehand, the implications of that must be engaged with um, uh, intentionally through meditation and ascension. Okay, And as you engage with it intentionally, you will enter into experiences. Yeah, You will enter into experiences that cause the transformation. A shift in your position or in the understanding of your position cannot happen unless you have experiences. And those experiences cannot take place unless you have understanding. And when I talk about experiences, I'm talking about experiences with God. I'm talking about experiencing the reality of of the word because the word of God, what we call the logos of God, is real, it's alive. The Raymer is real, it's alive, it's tangible. And you and I are called to experience the reality of the word of God. You know, I, I remember engaging with these things a few years ago as I was meditating and during my time of waiting on the Lord. And as I engaged with the reality of who I am in Christ, an angel of God came and stood behind me and lifted me up and he carried me in the spirit. And I entered through tunnels of light and he moved me across the space-time barrier and I found myself in a different location in a different time. Now, now, now th that experience was the result of unlocking the reality of who I am because you and I are masterpieces of God created to function in and from Eden um, and to extend the knowledge of God in, um, in the known universe. Um, and, I, and I say, I just give that example as, as an example of what is natural for us as we unlock these realities, okay? Who you are is not what you are currently manifesting. Who you are is created in God. Who you are is created for, um, for, for um, operations um, across the multiverses of God. Who you are, as I said last week, has implications in heaven and in the universe, um, has central implications in heaven and in the universe, but we only begin to experience them as we engage tangibly with this truth. I remember sharing that particular experience with um, with somebody a few months ago, and as and, and this is somebody who is even more experienced than I in engaging uh, with these realities. And as I shared what happened, he said, "Yes, yes, that that normally happens when you are beginning to walk in the things of the spirit." Uh, he said to me that, you know, it is when you are beginning to walk in the things of the spirit that angels need to come and assist you to make those transitions and translations. But he said, as you continue in these things of your own volition, you will move in the spirit and begin to transcend space and time according 
to the will of the Father. Now, these are normal, natural things. Um, uh, these are normal, natural things or things in alignment with our nature, uh, which is in Christ. You are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ, so that you can fulfill all that he planned for us long ago. Let us engage with these truths. Uh, again, as we said last week, um, looking at uh, 2 Corinthians 5, um, verse 16. Verse 16 says, So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward experiences. And as I said last week, we need to turn that into ourselves. We, we must develop a new perspective that causes us to refuse to evaluate ourselves based on our outward appearances. It says, for that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him with limited human insight. We no longer look at ourselves with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh in you. So everything is fresh in you with you. You are a new creation. So we're exploring this new creation. We now evaluate ourselves entirely and only in Christ. We don't evaluate ourselves based on our age. We don't evaluate ourselves based on what people see about us. We evaluate ourselves only in Christ, only in Christ. And that is what the evaluation of the new creation and the operations of the new creation are. Evaluating ourselves in Christ, seeing ourselves in Christ and evaluating the implications of that. Um, um, so we're going to allow the word to paint a picture that will be the foundation for our evaluation. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to start from verses 22 and I'll read, I'll end up in verse 24. Verse 22, the Passion Translation puts it this way. It says, and he has taught you, that's what I'm teaching you. He has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. So we've been taught to let go of the ancient man, the old self-life. That old self-life was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that sprang from delusions. And now it's time to mid new by every, say every with me, every new revelation that's been given to you, every new revelation that's been given to you. So let's first talk about the old man and this, the, the way the old man is corrupted. It says the old man was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that sprang from delusions. You see, a delusion is a belief that is clearly false and that indicates an abnormality 
in the affected person's content of thought. A delusion is a belief that is clearly false. And because of that delusion, it feeds into deceitful desires. And, and, those, and, and when, we, when, we, when we give in to those desires, it corrupts our nature. Okay, that's exactly what happened to Eve and Adam. Um, the, the enemy fed them a delusion that they would be like God if they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes, it was true that they were not like God, but there was a process um, through which they were going to transition into being exactly like God as he has ordained. But he fed them this delusion that if they ate, the desire to be like God was not a wrong desire. Yeah. You know, most desires are actually good. Okay. Um, but but the, the enemy twists desires. Okay. By feeding us with a delusion. There's no way eating or disobeying God will end up giving them the result of what God promised. It's impossible. Okay. Um but, but he fed them that delusion. They ate of that fruit. And by eating of that fruit, it, so it was a lie he fed them. And that's what the devil is feeding the earth today. He's feeding us with lies about things that will give us joy and fulfillment. Joy and fulfillment are good desires. Yeah? Wanting to be, um, wanting to fulfill um, the, 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 the God-given God creativity or, or express the God-given creativity and reach a place where you are nourished and those around you are nourished is a good desire. But the, Lord, the, the enemy feeds us with delusions. And those delusions are actually lies. And if we submit to his process, then it would corrupt the nature. Okay? Um, but that's not the end of the story. It says, but now, say to your neighbor now, now it's time to be made new. By every revelation that has been given to you. You see, every revelation that we receive has the capacity to make us new. What do I mean by that? You know, when I was meditating on this, I, 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 I remembered, um, you, know, um, you know, the description of Lucifer in, in Ezekiel 28. Uh, turn to Ezekiel 28 with me real quick. Um, in, I'll just read two verses from there in verses 12 and 13. The New Living Translation puts it this way. It says, Son of man, uh, sing this funeral song uh, for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, uh, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue-green beryl, onyx, green, green jasper, uh, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully created for you and, and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. The spiritual, the, 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 what has been described here is Lucifer in Eden. And we can see that of course, when he's talking about all these precious stones, he's not talking about physical things, but we're because we're describing a spiritual being that was embedded with spiritual equipment. All these precious stone descriptions are metaphors for expressions that were coming from his spiritual man, 
spiritual equipment that radiated, okay, um, from his spiritual man, okay. Um, before I explain the the reason why I put I I, I reference that, look at Colossians one twelve speaking about us. Um, in Colossians one twelve, the Passion Translation puts it this way: It says, "Your hearts can soar with." Joyful gratitude. When you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Yeah? What light? The enlightenment of revelation. You, you, you know, the, 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 the light is talking about here. He says, God made us worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. You know, we have an inheritance in Christ, okay? And as we saw earlier, we engage with this inheritance through understanding because as we understand what we have been given, what happens is we enter into experiences, okay? And with every revelation, we have the opportunity to owning that revelation or to entering into the experience of that revelation. Okay. Now, now what happens? You see, revelation is an explosion of light concerning an aspect of who we are in Christ, concerning um, part of our inheritance. And you know, when we receive revelation of every part of our inheritance, what happens is that that light becomes part of our spiritual man. Okay. Every revelation that we understand, that we, that, um, that we embrace, becomes embedded in our spiritual makeup. Yeah? And when, when you are seen in the spirit, that revelation, just like the onyx and the gold and the, the, the emerald that was described in the constitution of Lucifer, that revelation becomes part of your operational spiritual constitution. In the spirit, that revelation can be seen as part of your spiritual makeup. It becomes part of the outrain that comes from your spiritual man. Yeah? And that is why, you know, that is why Ephesians 4, uh, 23 says, it's time to be made new by every revelation that has been given to you. Every revelation, every revelation can become part of the outrain of your spiritual man in terms of its operation. Yeah, it, 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 your, your spiritual makeup takes up, in terms of the expression of your spiritual makeup in the spirit, it takes up a different flavor. Yeah, when I think about flavor, I love pasta. And, you know, I'm sure you know, you may have had a spaghetti bolognese at some point, you know, spaghetti with, you know, with minced meat, and lovely tomato sauce, you know, you, there's a certain, there's a certain taste that you have from spaghetti bolognese when you eat it. Now, if you add another dimension to it and add some olives into it, and you are, you are eating your spaghetti bolognese and you chew on the olive, it, it releases a different kind of flavor now, you've been eating spaghetti bolognese for years, but add some olives and you have a different experience. Add some parmesan, you have a different experience. And it's like the experience of your spiritual makeup as we, as we incorporate every new revelation into our spiritual makeup, the flavor of our spiritual life becomes different. Our operation and effectiveness in the spirit 
uh, becomes different, okay? Every revelation, every revelation um, will lead to, um, um, we, we will be made new by every revelation that's been given to us and that we receive and we incorporate into our spiritual man. Let's continue for a few more minutes. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're, we're in Ephesians 4. Um, I read verses 22 and 23, but let's read on into verse 24. You know, this is like a many-layered onion. Um, I may refer to verses that I've referred to in the previous weeks, but each week we're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to strip off another layer and we'll see something even deeper in that passage. We looked at Ephesians 4.24 last week. I think we actually ended with that verse. Verse 24 says, actually, let me read from verse 22 to 24, just to put it all in context. It says, and he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. Last week we focused on the fact that he has recreated us all over again. We're totally new. We're a new species of being that's never existed before. We're not forgiven sinners. We're not just redeemed saints. We are a new creation. It's called a kindness being. Um, created after the order of the last Adam, where his workmanship created in this new substance called Christ Jesus. And it says that it's time for us to be transformed. Um, it's time for us to receive, to be made new by every revelation that's been given to us. So we're new in Christ, but we are made new by every revelation given to us. What does that mean? We are in Christ, but the expression of that nature comes as we're made new, as we take and incorporate new revelations. It becomes a trigger for the life that's within us to find expression, and our lives will embody the power of the order of the last Adam. So verse 24 expands on what verse 23 began. It says, and be transformed, be transformed. It speaks about a transformation that will occur, uh, a transformation that will occur, um, a, a new dimension of life, that the inheritance that is already ours, we will begin to walk in it and, and, and our experience will be very different. We'll be, we'll be heavenly beings um, everyone that engages with us will engage as heavenly beings operating from Eden and, and occupying the mandate that is ours. It's a huge difference in life between potential, uh, what you have and what you express. Okay. Now it says that you, you, we will be transformed. God's plan is for us to be transformed. It's to be transformed. Now, that word transformed is a very important word, and I've already explained what it really means, but I just want to, I, 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 because my focus today is to focus on that transformation, so I'm just going to reiterate it over and over again in different ways. To be transformed, the word transformed is, is the Greek word metamorpho, um, and, and, and morphe speaks about expression. Morphe speaks about expression 
um, metamorpho speaks about the outward transformation to enable what is inside to be fully expressed. Okay, what is inside to be fully expressed? Now, there are just a few places in the New Testament where that word transformed or metamorpho is used. It's not actually used in Ephesians 4.24, even though the, the, the Passion Translation uses that word transformed. Um, but it's, 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 an, it's an accurate word to explain what it means when the Bible says we should put on the new man. Okay, um, it's not saying to put on the new man, as you'd see in the New Living Translation of the King James, New King James, is the way you put it on, the way you put it on is by being transformed. Okay, and, and transformation speaks about the process to cause the external being to conform to the inward expression or to the inward nature that is already there. That is already there. And that's the word metamorpho. There are a few places that is used in the New Testament. Um, the Second um, Corinthians 3.18, um, which says that we all, uh, with open face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into his image. As we behold, we are transformed into his image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of God. We are transformed, okay? The Spirit of God causes, something happens. Um, there, there's something that happens. There's a process that causes our body to be transformed. Metamorpho is the, is the word that is translated metamorphosis, where we see the transformation of um, the, the caterpillar into the butterfly, and it goes through, um, through the process of feeding and through the... the, the, the the stasis or the, the, that period of uh, chrysalis, it comes out as a butterfly. I mean, look at a caterpillar and a butterfly and they look very different. They eat differently, they act differently, but, but there's, there's one life in caterpillar and the same life in the butterfly. It doesn't become something else. It's got butterfly life in it, even though it's acting like a caterpillar, but it goes through a metamorphosis. It, it changes form as it feeds on revelation. As it embraces revelation, a transformation, the inner power comes out and it causes everything external, the mind, the body, the appetites, everything takes on its inner nature. Okay, that is the power of metamorphosis. Um, another passage um, where we see the word transform in the New Testament is in, um, in Matthew 17. Um, verse 1 says, TPT, it says, six days later, Jesus took Peter and his brothers, James, uh, Jacob and John, and hiked up a mountain, a high mountain to be alone. Then Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light, as bright as the sun, poured from his face, and his clothing became luminescent, dazzling, like lightning. He was transfigured before their very eyes. Okay, that, trans that word transfigured is the Greek word metamorpho. A transformation occurred. His, his, his face began to shine. The, sh the, the, the light didn't come from heaven. The light was on, side, on, on the inside of him. But uh, as, he, as he began to worship the Lord, and, and uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a transfiguration, well, his, his physical body changed, and he began to express what was already on the inside. That's the word transfigured. The other um, place where the word transfigured is used in the New Testament is Romans 12, 2. 
Romans 12 is actually quite a quite an important passage because it uses two words that are important for us. It says we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Now, when you talk about the renewing of your mind, it's not talking about memorizing scripture. Okay, um, The renewing of your mind is this transformation we're talking about where we enter into understanding. Um, we enter into understanding through revelation. Okay, And that, that, that understanding we enter into um, releases um, light and it, it causes this transformation. Yeah, where, um, where our thinking, where our believing, where our, where our engagement with truth enters into a dimension of reality and truth. It's not just something that you know in your mind and you can recall um, when asked. It becomes your nature. It becomes part of your spiritual makeup. It becomes part of what is outrained from your being. And that comes by immersing ourselves in, in this understanding. So he said we should not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, allowing our outward expression to conform to our inner nature. Yeah. The other word that is used here, which I said is important, is the word conform. It says don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Now that word conformed is also another important word. It's the word uh, suschematizo, suschematizo. And schema speaks about shape, okay? So suschematizo speaks about, don't, it says don't be conformed or don't masquerade as something you are not, okay? Don't masquerade as something you are not. You are new now. You have the nature of God. Allow through engagement with truth and understanding Allow the inner world, inner nature to find expression. Don't allow the world to try to shape you into something else. Yeah. So the, the walk of the believer is not uh, a, a walk of you know trying to resist our inner impulses and trying to embrace um, God's way. No, we are already new. We're God's masterpiece. Okay. What we are doing is we are we are giving, we are resigning, as it were, or we are. We are, um, yes, we're resigning to our new nature. We're embracing our new nature. We're not allowing external forces to make us what we are not, okay? It says, don't allow the world to make you what you are not. Don't allow the world to shape you after its order because you are a new nature. You are a new, you are a new creation. You know, it's a little bit like what I was talking about last week when I was talking about the material from which um, we are made being like, the clay that a potter uses. And, 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 and God molds this material into a shape um, that pleases him. Don't allow the enemy to mold you into a destructive shape. Yeah, because you, you're, you're, it's just your, your nature is already Christ. But don't allow the enemy to shape you into something that is not Christ, okay? Because that's not your nature. It would not work. You'll never, you'll never be happy serving the devil. You know, in, uh, in 1 Peter 1.14, the passion says, as, obedient, as God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that followed you when you didn't know better. 
Never again shape your lives by the desires that you that you followed when you didn't know better. Okay, that's schematizo. Don't allow a shape um, that is not who you are. You know, um, in Second Corinthians eleven thirteen to fourteen, um, the passion says, "For they are not apostles, but deceitful ministers who masquerade. They masquerade as special apostles of the Anointed One." That doesn't surprise us, for even Satan transforms himself to appear as an angel of light. So Satan, you know, when he's in deceptive mode, he'll make you think he's an angel of light. It's like a masquerade, like going for a masked ball. He puts on a mask that is not his true nature. He's masqueraded, okay? That is uh, schematizo. He disguises himself. He takes on an external shape that is contrary to his new nature, yeah? So when we talk about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is transformation. It is step-by-step -step transformation, incorporating new revelation into our spiritual makeup, um, allowing spiritual life to find full expression in us. Okay, so That is what spiritual growth is all about because understanding, um, you know, uh, understanding light, understanding light or revelation releases experiences um, concerning who we are. And with each new light, we become in expression more of the heavenly being that we are. And with each transformation, there is a tangible expression of light. There's a tangible addition in the expression of light from our inner man. Okay. Now, Paul made it very clear in this Ephesians 4.24 about how this transformation occurs, about how it occurs. Look at verse 24 again. It says, and be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life. You are transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life. So transformation is catalyzed by us focusing on the glorious Christ within as our new life. And, and that is something we're going to spend time looking at. Okay. It says, embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. For God has created you all over again in his perfect righteousness. And you can now belong to him in the true realm of holiness. The four there is, is saying because. The reason why we can embrace the glorious Christ within as our new life and live in union with him is because that is reality. You know, if I sat in a, in a, in a garage and I was meditating on the fact that I'm a car and, and focusing on that and meditating on that, will I ever become a car? Will I sprout uh, a crankshaft or camshaft um, and pistons? Um, an injector system? Will I, would I sprout that in my being? Of course not. Okay. Um, some people meditate on things that, that are futile. The only kind of meditation that will lead to transformation is the meditation on truth. So he begins by saying that we should embrace this meditation of the, of the Christ within life. And he says the reason why we can do that is because of what happened. Because God recreated us all over again. Okay, we couldn't do this when we're in Adam. We couldn't do this when we're religious folk. We couldn't 
meditating on the Christ within life will just lead to frustration because it wasn't true. Not everybody has Christ within. Not everybody has the nature of God. Some are the children of the devil, like we once were. But because we were recreated all over again in his perfect righteousness, and we now belong to him in the true realm of holiness, we can then embrace the glorious Christ within life as our new life and live in union with him. So that is how transformation occurs. And we're going to spend time looking at the Christ within life. Yeah, Christ within life. It's not about meditating on being a, a better person. It's not about trying to do good. It's none of that. It's about embracing the Christ within life as a direct implication of the fact that you and I have been recreated in him all over again in his perfect righteousness and belong in the realm of true holiness. Um, I would end with a couple of verses of scripture that's, that speak about the Christ within life. The Christ within life. Uh, and, and as I said, in future weeks, we're going to focus on our union with Christ. And, 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 and you know, because it's, a, it's, it's, the only, it's only as we behold him that we become him. It's him that we, we must behold. Not, this is not a self-improvement program. Yeah, this is beholding him. Um, if you look at Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 25 to 27 in the Passion Translation, I read, it says, this is the very reason, Paul says, that I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant of his body, so that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. I want to give you the word, Paul says. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Got to say that again. It is being revealed. He didn't say it was revealed. It is being present, continuous, every new revelation. It's being revealed. It's being unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience, <clears throat> okay? To experience. God wants you to experience through revelation, this unfolding manifestation. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectations of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us, becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope, filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. <clears throat> yeah? God wants everybody to know it. God wants everybody to know it, that we have a heavenly treasure chest of hope within us. And that is the mystery of Christ embedded within us. If Christ is in you, then it's a treasure chest because in Christ is everything. When we embrace the understanding that Christ is within us, it opens the door to walking as Christ in the earth. Yeah? And the Bible says God wants everybody to know it, to know what, to have a revelation, a living, unfolding revelation manifested in us for us to experience he wants us to know it 
because understanding leads to experience and permanent transformation. Christ in us. Christ in us. You know, I'll end with 1 Corinthians 13, um, verse 11. You know, Paul said that when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, we're talking about growth here, the process of growth. You go from, you know, childhood um, to, to adulthood. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Face to face is speaking about maturity. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. I will know just as I also am known. You know, as the Lord leads us, we would explore the Pauline prayers. And you'll see that the Pauline prayers are all central, centered around one thing. Not for God to add anything to us, but for us to come into, um, into his knowledge, the knowledge of who he is in us. It says growth is about coming to a place where we know as we are known. There is a way you are known at the moment in heaven. Okay, You're not going to become something else. You're already known in heaven. As you are known in heaven, as you come to the knowledge, as you become to the knowledge of who you are, um, the more we come to the knowledge of who we are, the more we grow in him. The more we come to the knowledge of who we are, the more of him re is revealed in us. Um, when we become, when we know ourselves as he knows us, then we will become him. Thank you for joining us today. See you next week.